Welcome to a crossover episode of the Sandbox Gamers slash Vactorverse slash Animation Fascination slash and Rant to the Future podcast. It's a melding of universes, folks. It's a podcast where five vidgets meet to talk about mutants, pizza, and projectile vomiting. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your co-host with the most, Wonder Rob, coming at you live, actually, this time from Southern California. And on the line with me are four of my best friends in the metaverse. Myself, Wonder Rob, of course. Vactors here somewhere. Jeff W., the always angry Jeff W. the second. Mm-hmm. There he is over there. Uh, we've got Mark Vibbert from the Animation Fascination Podcast and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Justin Joyfree from Rant to the Future. What's up, dudes? Howdy. Party dudes? What's up, nerd? We did All right. it. We did it. Oh, yeah. All right. Time to go home. <laughs> A little movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turts came out the seventh if you count uh only theatrical releases is in theaters now we all saw it can you believe it some of us are uh bigger turtle fans than others but i thought we were here to talk talk about about barbie exactly (laughs) exactly get out of my mojo dojo casa house (laughs) you guys ever think about dying all the time oh wait (laughs) <laughs> we're, we forgot we're recording. Okay, so Vibbert and Jorfi, I need to tell you something. It's a little known secret that Jeff W is always DTF. That stands for down to talk fun. Improvise here. Oh wait, that's what the script says. Uh-oh. <laughs> Rob is Uh-oh. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, what's the deal with uh, Airplane Peanut? All right, so we're going to talk Teenage Woo! Mutant Ninja Turtles, obviously. Mutant Mayhem, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We are going to spoil this movie. So if there's uh, somebody out there who hasn't seen it and does not want to be spoiled, well, this is the wrong place for you. If you haven't seen it and you do want to be spoiled, I respect that. I respect your tenacity and your gumption, your grit, and your gall. So thank you being here don't forget to subscribe to all of our podcasts again sandbox gamers myself jeff w and vactor talking video games video game news and more every week animation fascination has a well a fascination with animation as you can guess and rant to the future where they're talking anything and everything that makes them so mad a couple of raphaels so don't forget to subscribe to all of those thank you very much All right, so let's get into it, folks. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is out. We've all seen it. Some of us more times than others. I think Vactor has seen it about seven times now. Point two. He uh, he takes the cake. Now, Well, you got to explain that point two. (laughs) Okay, well, explain the point two then. Vactor? I I took my son to his very first movie, his very first theatrical screening, and I thought... He was going to be fascinated by the flashing lights on the big screen. But I was wrong because he basically did the same thing he does at home. He watched about 15 minutes of it. And then he got up and explored the theater. He went down to the bottom of the theater, across the theater, up to the back top of the theater, crossed over again, went back down. 
And then he tried to go in the middle, and I said, all right, we're not doing this. So I picked him up, and it was time to go. So I watched about <laughs> 20 minutes before I had to take him out. But then I went back with my wife and went, watched it again. So that's the 2.2 times that I've seen it. Well, <laughs> my son, who I took, uh, sat perfectly still. <laughs> and his biggest concern the whole time was, Dad, where's the popcorn? Can we get more popcorn? <laughs> I, want more, I want more popcorn, please. This kid lo- lo- loves that popcorn. He also sat through Barbie, uh, surprisingly, yeah. um, uh, to which he said as he was walking out, my favorite part was when Ken's ruled the world. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> All right. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Not to, oh, I, we, oh, should we make it a Barbie podcast instead? I don't know. I've actually not seen twice. Barbie. Oh, spoilers! The Kens ruled the world. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've had the whole movie spoiled. I'm good. Okay, Ken doesn't have a penis. That's the biggest uh, plot point in the whole movie. He has all the genitals. It, yeah, he's got every single one of them. All <laughs> right. So uh, this round of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles takes a little bit of a departure from past Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles origin stories that we've seen. You've got your four boys, Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Mikey, of course, and their master, Splinter, living in the sewers. And the boys want nothing more than to just visit the real world and go to high school. They are set upon an adventure when they accidentally run into April O'Neil, a... a high school news reporter with a very interesting stomach problem <laughs> where they team up to get prom uncanceled from Eastman High and become real ninjas. Don't forget that's to go to Laird's Pizza plot. to explain it, too. Oh, uh, that's right. There are, some, there are some Easter eggs. You got your Laird Pizza and your Eastman High. Only the true fans, the real ones, picked up on those. My wife absolutely did not. <laughs> Luke, it says Eastman High. And she says, shh, 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 <laughs> at me in the Josh, movie. Okay, so let's just uh, do a little roundtable. I, I think it's fair to say, uh, judging by, you know, our backgrounds and our personalities, and if anybody follows any of our podcasts, you probably know the answer to this already, but I'm just curious. What did you boys think? Let's start with Vactor. Just uh, g- give it quick. Did you even like it? Yes, I did. This was my second favorite film of 2023. The first being behind me and on my shirt across the Spider-Verse. But the second best movie of 2023 is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I absolutely loved it, and I can't wait to tell you why. All right. So that's Mark 1 on the big board for Liked It. How about you, Jeff W.? Uh yeah, I liked it. They had a they had an appearance from MF Doom in the soundtrack, and MOP Annie Up was in the trailer and in the movie. Nobody here knows that it was pretty good. I like my it. mop. I know my mop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drophy, what about you? I uh, I think it's probably my number one pick for summer movie. Hey, gosh, wow. And uh, I last... the Buzz Spider-Verse. And uh, yeah. Hey, let's not get <laughs> crazy off. now. Let's not no. get crazy. No, man. Did you forget <laughs> about contained... Ant-Man and the Wasp? Contained story? That? No notes. Right. Loved it. 
No notes. Loved it. Uh, Vibbert. I almost called you Vactor. Vibbert, what say you? Uh, I I really liked it as well. I brought I brought my teenage son to go see the movie, and he enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, Did he also wander around the theater aimlessly? Yeah, but that's for other reasons. Uh, <laughs> Was he your mutant ninja turtle son too, or just teenage? Just just teenage. He might be a turtle. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we've already kind of talked about both these movies too. But like right now, for me, my my personal three favorite movies of the year are all kind of like tied on a level field currently at this point of the year. And it's Cross Spider-Verse, this film, and then uh, Barbie. So, Barbie. Hey, you were pointing at Indiana Jones fedora there. So we know yeah, you're right there. Is. Right there. Oh, man. Right there. That's a flamingo. That's a... Uh, that's a you know a, a symbol in the swinger community. <laughs> that's an upside down pineapple. I mean, Spider Man. I mean, so I've heard. I don't really know personally if it really is, but so I've heard. Uh, I also enjoyed Mutant Mayhem. Now, Vactor asked me an interesting question, and I'm gonna present it to you boys. He asked me first thing. He said, without spoiling it, where do you rank it? and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie lineup. And at the time, just walking out of the theater, I said, you know, I think I'm going to put it as number two. Having slept on it and considered it, I still think it's number two, but what put me into an existential crisis is when I was thinking, well, what's my number one? I always automatically go to the very first live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but part of me, part of me, you guys, really wants to go to Secret of the Use, and I still can't decide. But it's definitely my number two pick. Uh, as long as nobody says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three, we're, we're not going to have any sort of fights. <laughs> Jorfi, what does this rank? In your in your uh, power rankings of the Ninja Turtles movies, uh, I would have said probably second place behind Secret of the Ooze. Ooh, but okay. Uh, I almost want to bump it up to first, just because there was such a, a a very different and youthful feel to it. Um, it feels like. They're supposed to be teens, which I don't think they've ever captured in any of the other movies. Yes, I do want to circle back to that. Factor, where do you rank this? I would put it tied with the 1990 first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, uh, which shout out to uh, a lovely YouTube channel, Geek the F Out, who's in the chat right now, who just watched the 1990 Turtles movie for the first time earlier this week uh, so no kidding i do want to say that right now both of these are tied uh as my favorite turtle movie and, and for what jorfi said the teenage aspect focusing on that making this a unique experience from all the other turtle movies um that raised it along with the animation raised it up on my li my list uh but the the classic 1991 there's so many quotables from that one rob and i quote the 1990 turtles movie almost on a daily basis to each other we used to work at hollywood video together we would quote it in hollywood video and now we do it on discord to each other so we're always quoting actually one and two we're always quoting to each other 
<laughs> yeah. 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 Correct. We do do that. <laughs> Jeff W., I'm not positive you've seen all the Ninja Turtle movies, but in the uh, in your experience, where do you put this? Uh, yeah, because most of them are ass, but um, wow. yeah, for sure. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, I would, I, this is probably my second favorite behind the 1990 movie, and the only re- I'd probably put it number one, but I grew up with the 1990 movie, so... You that know. was the year you were born, Jeff. Uh, yeah, ninety-one. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. So that's uh, that's the one I grew up with as a kid. That's the one I love. Raph in that movie, and I love all of his scenes. You know, so that has a special place in my heart. But this one, I think, is you know, I mean, it's clearly like above the rest for me. You know, Jeff, Jeff, and I quote cricket to each other every day. You <laughs> say cricket, yeah, yeah. And that's all that that's all that needs to be said. Just cricket. I'll say it unrelated. <laughs> You'll ask me about something not even related, and I'll tell you you got to know cricket. You know, we'll we'll I'll say it all the time. Yeah. So that's my favorite. I'll say, but it's easy number two for me. Very good, very good, Vibbert. What say you? Where's it rank in your list? Oh man! All right. So definitely oh, on the spot. Uh, We're getting started. You didn't expect this question, did you? I, that's why I gave it to you last. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think part two, like Secret of the Who's, I, I like, I, I liked a, a lot when I was a kid. Uh, so, and I haven't watched that like within the past year or so. So, I don't want to give this too much recency bias. But I, I think it's definitely a contender for being like either number one or number two within the rankings of the the turtle movies um just because of like all of you said because this one uh is able to give a feeling like not all the other one not especially not the like michael bay produced ones uh oh, that we have yeah, those are those, shit yeah those sweet ahead. 3d glasses hey, right uh but <laughs> i will defend but, yeah. the michael bay second one yeah i out of, out of the shadows is a lot better than the first one, but I mean, mm. uh, yes, I, I would say that this one right now for me is just under Secret of the Ooze. All right, that's oh, fair. Dang. Now, going back to a point uh, that was already brought up that I do want to talk about is how this iteration of Ninja Turtles really focuses on nailing that teenage aspect, you know, from, n- not just with the name. But, of course, with the voice actors having actual teenage children voice our favorite foursome, the way they interact with each other, the way they uh, interact with the modern world, and their concerns. You know, they're not, they're not concerned with being the best ninjas around the world. All they want to do is get a girlfriend, <laughs> which is a little weird. Uh, somebody's got to remind yeah. Leonardo yeah. Uh, that... Uh, Turtle penises are three fourths the length of their body. Yeah, and what kind of species actions going on here? You know <laughs> what I mean? What are we doing? It's not going to work with April O'Neil. I'm sorry, but you know, it's fun to think about. I'll give you that one, Leo. It's fun to think about. <laughs> this um, is the first time we've seen April as a teenager, right? Jorfi, uh, every time before, she's always been like an adult. I'm pretty sure I don't she's know a if teen that's in, like, true. The 2012 series. Yeah, Jorfi's right. Yeah, the. Oh yeah. As well as possibly Rise. I haven't watched Rise that much. Okay. It is a different like energy when you have 
All right. The, like the original Turtles movie and original cartoon, we're, we're seeing April as like this adult and she's trying to relate to these teenagers. Whereas when you have her on the same age and you have her on the same level, it, like I say, it's just a different energy. But Absolutely. I think it works a lot better versus having, all right, Casey Jones and April are adults and the Turtles are teenagers. But having the teenage voice actors, that one choice, I think, whether it was Seth Rogen or, or whoever made that choice initially to say, all right, we're going to have these be actual teenagers. And every single decision after that, I think, shaped this movie from even the animation where they said that it's supposed to look like a uh, high school doodle, like you're drawing in your notebook in your high school and on the corners of your uh, notebook. Every design choice and aspect, whether it was the misshapen heads of the people <laughs> to the backgrounds and the street signs and things like that. All of those things, I think, made this movie unique and made it positive versus, let's say, the 2007 TMNT animated movie, which I just put on the other day after I got home from my second, my my 2.25 viewing of Mutant Mayhem. That movie, I feel like they're trying to go for like that traditional if you want to call it Pixar animated look and number one, it has not aged very well. Like 2007 CG versus 2023 CG. It just, the, the, it's like, you know, going back to a PlayStation two game now when we're in the PlayStation five era and it's like going like, to Marvel this... studio graphics now. Oh yeah. It's like, this wow. is, this is Shots something fired. that <laughs> we need a remake. We need a, uh, a Red Dead Redemption remake of, of the 2007 version. But I think, like I said, this movie is so unique and it feels like a breath of fresh air versus the franchise I felt like was kind of getting stale with the Michael Bay films and with the um, the previous versions that we saw at the theater. I think this is the perfect reboot and the perfect way to get new fans not only us as the older fans that grew up with turtles but the newer fans to come in uh, back into this franchise yes and especially if you you go back and look at the original live action you look at the michael bay those two in particular the te- the teenage aspect is is very lost in in those <laughs> They're grown adults. They do like <laughs> cocaine in New York. I, you know, practically. They're like, they're like, I would say that's a thing with TMNT up until 2012 in general. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, to me, and this might just be an aspect of, you know, being so young when the movie came out, the original Ninja Turtles movie, um, you tend to, to view everybody as an adult despite mm-hmm. them being teenagers are slightly older than you but you know things that you quote unquote look up to just sort of have that adult feel to them uh from your perspective and so the teenage mutant ninja turtles in the 80s movies to me always seemed like adults of course i didn't know any better i was you know 10 years old when that movie came out or so uh maybe a little younger and then especially with the michael bay ninja turtles who are seven feet tall uh gi- ginormous muscles uh bulletproof <laughs> big green tracks just walking around the the teenage aspect is 
way gone. And sure, you know, they have their moments, you know, Donatello and Mikey dancing in the, the lair in the 1980s, or excuse me, the 1990 movie. Uh, you've got the four turtles in the elevator sequence in the that my, was my first Michael Bay movie. Sequence was in the elevator. But those moments are few and far between in those. And that's not necessarily saying that those movies are bad, but it's just, it really took that vision of, of Seth Rogen, who obviously built his career off being an awkward teenager and awkward teenage comedies really i agree 100 percent, invigorated a new life into that and then also taking these kids who did the voices and maybe you know it maybe you don't but in interviews seth rogan has uh, been real adamant or excuse me was real adamant about making sure that these teenagers all recorded their lines together instead of static recordings you know in separate booths because he wanted them to play off each other he wanted them to have chemistry he wanted the line readings to reflect that and in the turtles body language even in the movie you know when they're talking about uh, a big nigga cheese a big nigga cheese and they're just being like being like real teenagers where they don't make any yeah. sense and you're getting annoyed and you're like what are you guys even talking about <laughs> just like every teenager i've ever met in my entire life as an adult like it was perfect 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 it, um, you know i was gonna, not to cut you off rob but it felt i was talking to vector in the car on the way home it felt like tom holland as spider-man right like it to me like when he when I first saw him, I was like, all right, you know, the voice matches the the eight. Like he looks like a, he doesn't look like a, you know, 30 year old just out of college guy. Like he he looks age appropriate, like high schooler and like the voice and everything. That's what this felt like to me. Like it felt like you said they were leaning into the teenage part of that. It, like, you know, the way they make them sound. But that's like the closest thing I can compare it to. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and one of us in this group is a parent of an actual teenager. And it's not me. It's Jeff W. Sorry, Jeff. Spoiled <laughs> it. Uh, Mark, it's you I think you've got the most experience with teenagers. How did that aspect really like present itself to you? Uh, I would say it was pretty spot on, especially the stuff with like Donatello. Uh, because as far as like Donatello goes, he he was like the closest to basically my son. Um like Donatello is like super into like anime in the, the movie, um, like make is making references to like Attack on Titan and like he was making some like uh, little tiny like references and stuff in there that like I wasn't catching, but like I looked over and caught my son like smiling at like um, like the JoJo gonna, hoodie. Yeah, like the JoJo hoodie. My son's like 16th birthday party theme was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, which is an anime for. People that might not know what it is. Now, um, real quick, what is anime? <laughs> it's a, uh, what are them Japanese cartoon majiggers? I'm sorry, I'm being such a baka right now. I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> yeah, what what Murphy said? It's it's basically animation that's like traditionally done like in Japan. I um, know, I know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just new boot goofing, Mark. Nice. Uh, but yeah, there's like, there's even like Donatello does like, I'm not, I'm going to mispronounce the way you say it. Cause he always corrects me the way, the way I say it with like the Naruto run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like Donatello like, runs towards. Oh, yeah. do they do the Naruto run? Yeah. Like Donatello runs to like the van at one point and does that like right after they come up with the that makes spoilers sense, with yeah. the plan for like near the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. And like, even, yeah, the way that they're acting, the way that they 
they even like enjoyed the Ferris Bueller movie a lot. My my son enjoys the movie so much that he has a Detroit Red Wings uh, jersey, uh, a pair of khakis that he'll wear together because he identifies with Cameron so much from that movie, which I hope in not too many respects because Cameron's dad in Ferris Bueller is not a cool dude. So I'm, I hope he doesn't identify with all of those aspects of Cameron from the Ferris Bueller movie, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your son's always out there hijacking parades. I've, if I've said it before, I've said it again. Stop it. Stop well, you know, it. when you're a teenager, it's legal to do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good to know. All right. Now this is again, I believe the seventh iteration of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on film, not including like your straight to video sort of things or made for TV movies. Now, of course, with it being the seventh iteration, you can't tell the same story over and over, right? You can't tell the tell the same origin story over and over. You gotta you gotta mix it up a little bit. Otherwise, why make a movie? And so as the second biggest Ninja Turtles fan in this chat after me, Jarfy. I'm really curious what your take was on this updated origin story for the Ninja Turtles. Of course, you know, uh, Splinter uh, deciding to teach them martial arts as self-defense from the human world rather than a traditional story. I really like the whole Splinter stuff to it, everything about it. Uh, I like even that the origin for Splinter pays off in the end, too. With his uh, ability to speak cockroach and fondness right. of cockroaches, right. um, but like the justification for why he's he's older than the turtles too is like, oh, well, I, I was already an older rat, so uh, of course I, I, I grew up older uh, from the mu- or mutated older. It just it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, that was a great. I I do like it all being tied to Baxter Stock or Baxter Stockman. Instead of like just going straight um, Utram or anything else like that, even though mm-hmm. spoilers, there's Easter eggs galore for Utram and Krang all up in this movie without them telling you. And right. well, uh, number one, Maya Rudolph, her character, her last, her I think Cynthia Utram is her name. And but then like her... you don't see anything besides like design wise is perfect. A replica of the the big baby robot suit and <laughs> yeah yeah that was great the, or, the origin itself and having Splinter and Superfly tie in too with like reasonings and motivations why they wanted ch- why he's the bad guy why Splinter taught them uh, ninja and self defense. Those motivations combining two just I felt really perfect. And that actually reminds me a lot of Ultimate Spider-Man. The way that for the regular 616 Spider-Man, he was introduced in the 60s and then throughout from the 60s till the 90s and 2000s, just random villains were showing up and all right, there's a octopus guy. All right, there's a green goblin and there's the rhino and they're all just random people because that's how they were coming up at the time. All right. What let, let's just think of so I was effing Jack Cubby's wife, and then I came up with the rhino. 
So <laughs> that's a reference for Rob. Oh, but, uh, the, so that's an X play were, reference, everybody. They were piece piecemealing the the villains, but then when Ultimate Spider-Man came along, they were like Brian Michael Bendis in 2000 was like, all right, let's connect everything to Oscorp. So Dr. Octopus worked at Oscorp, like Venom's, you know, all of these things were tied in. That's how this Turtles movie made me feel, Jorphy, with that connection to Baxter Stockman, like everything, all of the mutants, all the uh, the villains and sidekicks or hero other uh, heroes characters, instead of them being like, all right, Wingnut is from outer space and he came down. It's like they're all different mutant versions of these different animals. So I thought that was an interesting take. And just like with Ultimate Spider-Man, like it modernized it. Right. I even now, speaking of the bad for, guys. Uh, oh. oh, yes. No, I continue, continue. Say, right. it is, speaking of the bad guys, um, with the, like, Utrum TCR, or, yeah, TCRI um, yes. villains there, I thought the opening, we were going to be set up uh, Shredder there, even, mm-hmm. from uh, the, uh, the main guy there that gets his eye scratched. And then mm-hmm. that didn't happen. But it is set up. There still is set up for spoilers for Shredder in this movie. Yes. Now, what do you think, Jorfi, uh, of a movie, a Ninja Turtles movie without Shredder in it altogether? Because he's, you know, he's the the equivalent to the Joker everybody expects, you know, in a Batman movie or uh, Doctor Octopus or Green Goblin in a Spider Man movie. Does a Ninja Turtles movie? And I think we already know the answer. Need Shredder to be successful? No. I no. think having, having Shredder be outside of this movie uh, as the villains or, or as the main villain was a great idea. I think it was a breath, breath of fresh air and an honest break because there is more to the Turtleverse than just Shredder. And then ta- tackling that uh, just allows you to then to build to that so that you have more heartbreak and devastation when you get introduced to it. Shredder can be the Empire Strikes Back of this TMNT. Excellent. Excellent. Now, we got tons of turt villains in this movie. Obviously, you got your classics, Bebop and Rocksteady, present and accounted for. You got your Leatherhead, Wingnut. Uh, let's see who else. Superfly, we talked about. Mondo Gecko was there, although he's not a villain traditionally. Ray Filet, Genghis Frog, Scumbug. Jeff W., who was your favorite supporting mutant character? Who who was Nadja? Which one? Who, who, is that the wingnut? Oh, that was wingnut. That? wingnut. Yeah, that's the best one. Fuck the rest. Oh, we, <laughs> love, we love Nadja from yeah. What We Do in the Shadows. That was my favorite. I leaned over to Vector and I pointed her out in the movie. That's how much I love her. That's Oh, that's I figured you would have done that with Mr. Beast. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, the, Beast, the random New York City goer. I, I didn't recognize him. I didn't even I didn't know he was in. Yeah. I, I just saw that his name in the credits. Said it said like New York City, like New Times Square person. Mm-hmm. They should have him giving money to poor people. Then I would have known. Wow, who he was. Yes. Wow. Uh, my favorite, by far, stole the show. Your boy Mondo Gecko was <laughs> the best. My wife. Actually, every time he said anything, my wife, anytime he said anything, my wife was LOLing in her seat. Now, she thought it was actually Andy Samberg doing the voice. And then when 
when the credits rolled and it said Paul Rudd. She said, what? That was Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> but Mondo Gecko uh, was <laughs> my favorite joke with him in the whole movie is when they're listening to. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember the song. And you get real high. And I, what's oh, yeah. going on? When he said that <laughs> lyric, what's going on? <laughs> As he was flying out of the window. That was that one hit me right here. <laughs> it made, laughed and laughed and laughed. I want to hear your boys' favorite supporting characters. Tell me right now. Go. Any one of you. I already said Wingnut, so one of you other others got to go. All right, let Mark. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite supporting character in this? Oh man. Okay. So yeah, I, I liked Wingnut a lot, but I did like Mondo Gecko. Uh, I really liked uh, Rose Byrne as Leatherface. Leatherface. Uh, yeah, or, or sorry, yeah. Leatherface, Leatherface is a whole. Leatherface. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leatherhead. <laughs> Leatherhead. Uh, yeah, Dorothy and I were, were talking about how we liked how she like fully like leaned into her Aussie uh, nationality in it, and, yeah. like. But I thought that was really at the end. She's like, like "You want a blooming onion?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was... Um, but yeah, I, I, Paul Rudd, like you guys said, was was great as Mono Gecko. Uh, even like Post Malone as Ray Filet, I thought was was pretty funny in the movie too. So, <laughs> what about you, Vactor? Who who stuck with you? Who were you quoting when you left the movie? Mine was Paul Rudd. Also, uh, Paul Rudd is just funny in general, and I don't think I've ever seen him in something and not liked him. Uh, and also, I was a Mondo Gecko fan back in the original cartoon just because he had a skateboard and he had a roller skate on his tail. So <laughs> he was one of my favorite uh, action figures as a kid. So when, when I saw this version of him and just the Paul Ruddness of it, I said, yeah, this is my favorite guy. And Hannibal's good, too. I also like Hannibal Burris, but um, Genghis Frog doesn't have a whole lot to do besides lick his own eye. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even really recognize Hannibal Burris as the voice actor mm-hmm. until yeah, the credits, just because he didn't really do much. You're right, uh, Jorfi. Who is your favorite? Who stuck with you? Um, so I I was really happy with them doing my boy Mondo Gecko right. I loved uh, <laughs> I loved our Leatherhead, but uh, Ray Filet. I really, I really enjoyed Ray Filet way too much. <laughs> when he tells them if I want to listen to some sad shit, I'd go listen to John Legend. That was <laughs> so good. Actor was next to me. I was dying laughing at yeah, that line. He was. And I got to say, the reason why Superfly worked for me is that you know it's Ice Cube. So yeah, <clears> I'm watching the movie. Yeah. He's doing obviously he's just doing his regular voice. Censored but, though. He should have said motherfucker yeah, right. a couple he times says, in it. He's, yeah. He uh turns things into like, hey, get them fools. But what <laughs> made me laugh, I was laughing throughout the movie, was I'm imagining Ice Cube saying these lines and like he even has like a six in the morning police at my door. Like he's, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's music quotes to it, and I that made me laugh knowing that it's ice cube as Superfly just made me laugh. So I thought the whole cast from top to bottom was good in this and especially the, uh, the teenagers themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And the music. Was... Oh, continue. Jorfie. I was actually going to talk about music quickly. Let's go. Was, what, me and you, Jorfie. 
right here, buddy. I was a little disappointed that they didn't have like Curtis Mayfield's Superfly when Superfly came out. I thought, yeah, I thought he was going to have that. But, uh, you know, that's that's for us old heads, I guess. On, uh, (laughs) yeah, you wouldn't know, Jeff. It's for us (laughs) old heads. (laughs) Jordan, do you think he survived at the end? I mean, yeah. Well, we see him at the end as a fly. Yeah, yeah he's a little. He's a that's little baby him. Fly. Yeah, you've seen the, the, the movie fly. the most. <laughs> that's heavily implied. That that's How many him. times yes. did you fall asleep when you saw them? No, yeah, no. This I, isn't I, like seven point two times. No, this isn't like Mark watching. Uh, Justice League War World and not realizing oh. that Lobo was in the movie of ah, a huge Mark, character you. in the movie. Wait, Mark, didn't know about Lobo. <laughs> yeah. Which one of these was a good movie, though? Real quick, who's Lobo? Your mom. Wolverine. <laughs> wow. Wow. How do you Lobo is the main man. <laughs> Real quick, though, about the, about the music. This is fuck all those other soundtracks. Ninja Rap is trash. Okay. I don't care. Yeah. Hold on. This is hold on. Well, let me finish. This is if you're gonna do New York rap, right? Th- like that is what the era is. That's what this era is known for. They had the best possible music. I mean, ODB, MF Doom, Tribe, Naughty by Nature. You know, Busta, Vector. You know all these. All of My these are thing. legendary New York music groups like de la soul you know like you just had like this is what like this like the turtles like like it feels so like hip-hop inspired anyway like with the way they present it you know not maybe not the origins of it but like it felt like the perfect like these are supposed to be kids in the street in new york city and this is what they'd be listening to right like this is like honestly like I think is the best soundtrack that I've seen in any of the Turtles movies. Not only because I love the music, but also because I think it actually is what kids listen to in New York, especially of the era, right? My really? only thing is I'm surprised oh, yeah. that we didn't have a Run the Jewels in there. Just because yeah, yeah, Seth Rogen, you're right. Seth Rogen's been putting them in everything he produces. Mm-hmm. And that, I was just... I mean, I said when the trailer dropped, I'm just like, I can't wait to see what Run the Jewel song is in the, in the <laughs> Right, right. And they seem like they'd be in, this is like, you know, this movie is, uh, you know, alternative enough that they would be able to make it. Like, they're not going to, like, hide Run the Jewels from this soundtrack. So, yeah, I, I agree. No. I, it would have been nice, I think, to have them in here. I mean, like, really? Blockbuster Knights probably could have fit in there in, like, that five scene at some point yeah show me another movie of a ninja turtles movie with gangstar on the soundtrack and then i'll we'll talk but fuck all those other movies soundtracks all right that's where i'm at with this oh my god my man hasn't heard t-u-r-t-e power (laughs) i do i do like that too but that's a great come on i do like that too but come on that's the one thing I remember from seeing the 1990 movie in theater. Like, I don't remember the yes, experience, I remember but I remember that, yes. standing in the theater during the credits because I liked the song. And my mom was yes. like, let's go. And I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> man. Anyway, also, yeah. Jeff just says things. He knows he's riling me up by saying Ninja Rap is bad. So I don't believe that's his 
real opinion. He's just riling me up. Ninja Vanilla, Rap is Vanilla the second sucks. best song. Well, no, I don't disagree with you. It's the second best song in the Ninja Turtles original trilogy after T-U-R-T-L-E Power. And I would go so far as it, it to say it's in the it's in the top two Vanilla Ice songs of all time. <laughs> all right, I, I would even argue it's the top one Vanilla Ice song of all yeah, time. It, yeah, Jarvi, he gets yeah. it. Oh, I'm so mad right now. I love that okay. when they brought, it, brought him back for the craft dinner or uh, mac and cheese commercial. Oh, yeah. For the TMNT. Was, it... <laughs> Was that a back Super Bowl? In, like 2012. Oh, I didn't yeah, see that. I think so. So it's, it's sports, Trent. You wouldn't <laughs> know. Really quick, when we were talking about the music, the, the scene from the movie that like sticks in my head the most still is uh it's that scene that's like the side scrolling uh like homage to the movie old boy where it's just like cycling through each of the the turtles as like as you hear the, like no diggity play to that um and it's just like i wish i could watch that scene over and over again just because you're gonna what, have to go what i there. like about and bootleg it. Yeah, I'll bootleg it real quick. Mark. Hold on, I'll, get you the, I'll get you the file. It's all right. It'll be just a minute. What I like about that scene is they're, they're cyc uh, cycling between the turtles, and they're showing each one of them being confident in their fighting. And that's the only time in the whole movie, I think, that you're seeing them being confident. And I, when I first watched the movie, my very first watch through... I think I did say to Jeff, the ninja part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was lacking in this one. The second, my point two and my second viewing of it, I was on board more for, hey, this is about, we're focusing on the teenage part. This is their, you know, origin story. Because like every other time we see them for the first time, like the very first introduction to the turtles, they're already ninja masters. Like they've already... They, they've been 15 years training this one. I felt like they've been training, but they're just, they're not at the same level because Splinter is not the same teacher that he was in the other ones. So I thought the, um, the, the ninja part of TDJ Ninja Turtles, we're going to see more in the next version, but nobody has said it. I think my favorite scene in this entire movie was the splinter uh, Jackie Chan homage that it looks like it's a Jackie Chan fight scene where he's using chairs, he's using all different kind of objects. And I also liked when they were showing the, um, the learning montage, when they were learning from YouTube and VHS tapes and stuff, they showed clips of ja old Jackie Chan movies. Um, so the Jackie Chan-ness of this, not only did he do a great job as Splinter, the voice acting part of it, but I think them having that background of Jackie Chan to call upon was was uh, one of my favorite aspects of the movie. That was something animated out. movie with Seth Rogen and Jackie Chan with martial arts. Yes, the first one being uh, that one where he played a wiener. Yes. I remember. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, yeah. this movie's already been greenlit for a sequel before it came and out. And, yes, an animated series. My boy, my little four-year-old after we left the movie, immediately was asking me, when is the next one coming out? And I had to 
explain to him, probably not for another two or three years, maybe more. Um, and gra- the concept of time and p- patience is something that is beyond my four-year-old right now. So we took him home and I showed him the original 1980s Ninja Turtle series. And he's been watching it. He's been enjoying that series a lot. Um, I'm really curious, Mark, since you are the expert in animation, just in general, do you think for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series based off of this movie that they can adapt that art style and have it be good for a weekly Ninja Turtles show? Or should they come up with a new, like have it be completely hand-drawn, for example, like... uh, don't ask me how I know this, but the Trolls movies are in 3D and the Trolls animated show is hand-drawn, okay? I just know that for a fact. What do you think, Mark? I, th- I think I had a- actually already saw that for the like the Paramount Plus series that they're doing. That's going to be kind of like the bridge series between Mutant Mayhem and then whatever they end up titling the, the sequel to this. Mm-hmm. Is That, that one is going to be like a more traditional like hand-drawn animated show um but i think it's they also said it's going to be like more of like a mixed medium type thing too where uh like you know like how sometimes like within this movie like it would go to like them like kind of having like flat flashes of like using their imagination for like whatever plan they're gonna like do or stuff like that it looked like stuff that was like drawn out in crayon and stuff like that they're gonna like still use that with like mixed kind of like into the the series itself too excellent i'm really curious to see if they can if they can take this lightning in a bottle and put it in another bottle for a tv show because i feel like everything just lined up perfectly for this you had the right uh person the the right vision behind the show the right voice actors the right writing the right chemistry between everybody everything was just a combustible edison and really blew up in the right way for this movie and I'm super interested in seeing if this is if this is a thing that can translate to an animated show, a weekly animated show where it's not just, you know, 90 minutes of a story. They're going to have to come up with six hours of a story or, uh, you know, 12, 22 minute stories or however they do it. Um, But only time will tell, because obviously we're in a WGA strike, a SAG strike. Probably won't see this for quite some time, but it is something to look forward to. Uh, let's get your closing um, thoughts. We've been uh, going for a little bit. Yes. Just on the uh, last bit with the animation, I know if you follow some of the animators on their Twitter or X or threads or whatever they're on these days, um, they've been actually posting some of the concept arts for the animation oh, yeah. series. And that I yeah. sent it to Factor and Mark just now as a uh, pizza box opening one. And it looks quite good on like cre- creating the. 3D into a flat 2D for the art. Um, but I was talking with Vactor too on this when uh, just after seeing the movie and I was pitching it to him like, like why not do something like a diary of a wimpy kid uh, style thing where they have the art be the sketchbook art of their fantasies kind of thing and then being retelling the stories and then you maybe frame it within like a, a 3D um 3D art style of uh, bookends. Yeah. And, that, and then you do it like Smallville Freak of the Week where you have the other mutants having to deal with a conflict that also ties into a school conflict and ba-bam, you have a whole story. That, 
I love it. I love I it Chris. now. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it now. Oh my gosh. All right. So let's get closing thoughts again. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it it's breathing in the the new life, the new fresh air to this franchise, which I don't want to say is aging or in some sort of dire need for a reboot because we get a reboot of this series, you know, every three years or so. But this is a, a very interesting take, and you know, I, I enjoyed it. Certainly enjoyed the toys. They're back there somewhere. What do you guys think? Give me your closing thoughts. Well, I wanted to actually ask real quick because no, no questions. Okay, fine. I, I and I told, I think I told you guys this um, off mic. I have been a Michelangelo fan from day one. That's always been my favorite character. That's always been the one I identified with. You can look at my Halloween pictures in 1990, and I've got orange bandana and nunchucks. So I've always been a Mikey guy. When I left this movie, I said I identified with Donatello more. He was my favorite character. And for the reasons that Mark said earlier, he was an anime guy and he was a technology guy. He was the only one that had his laptop. Everybody else was on their phones. He was on his laptop. And my wife turned to me. She's like, that's you. That's you. So I had a this is the first time I've ever had that experience where Every turtle medium I've ever watched or, you know, experienced video games, whatever. It's always been Michelangelo. And I was curious if any of you guys had a similar uh, experience or or did you come away with it? Yeah, my favorite guy is still my favorite guy. Great question. My guy was and always will be Donnie. I've been a Donnie fan true and true and through and through. Years and years. For all the same reasons you just said. Love me some Donnie. What about you boys? I went in there for (laughs) Michelangelo and I came out there loving Michelangelo even more. Um, It's fun. He feels like he should be right for Michelangelo. Um, Hell, I even like that, like his outfit that he has picked out kind of looks like future (laughs) Kenny from uh, the COVID special. So, yeah. (laughs) Nice. I'd say for me, you know, it'd normally be Raphael, but uh, he didn't tell anybody to go suck a fat one in this movie. So I was a little disappointed. Ah! You know, I need I need him to a little more ah! attitude. I need him to be, you know, a little more New York, you know, you know what I mean? So I'd say I was a little disappointed in that. But, you know, Raph is still he's still my guy. What about you, Mark? So uh, like Dr. Sin, like when I while I was growing up, like my favorite turtle was always Michelangelo. Um, but as I've gotten older, my fa- favorite turtle has now become Donatello. So, yeah. Uh, and in, in this movie, Donatello was my favorite as well, just because I identified with him a little bit more in the movie. Uh, I like, as we're talking about it too, is that I, I really liked all of the, these voice actors or the actors that they had for Donatello, Michelangelo, Leonardo, and and Raphael with like Micah Abbey was Donatello, uh, Shimon Brown Jr. is Michelangelo, uh, Nicholas Cantu was Leon, Leon or sorry, Leo Nardo or Nardo. It could be Leonardo too, uh, and then uh, Brady Noon as Raphael. And I knew Brady Noon from the the Mighty Ducks Game Changers Disney Plus show because he was like the 
like the main character of that. So it was cool to see him or hear him in this as Raphael. But I thought they all did a really good job as like their their characters. And I thought uh, Ao. Uh, I don't I don't want to butcher her last name, but Ida Berry as April was really good in the movie too. So I liked um, all of that, like kind of the main like turtle cast as well with her. I thought they all did a really great job in the movie. Excellent. Now, before we leave, Mark presented us all with a Buzzfeed quiz. Which Ninja Turtle are you or Ninja Turtle character? I should say. And we all took it at his request and he has all the answers and we're going to find out right now which Ninja Turtles or Ninja Turtle characters we all are. And we'll decide how accurate these things are. So, Mark, take it away. Tell them. Okay. So, let me set this up. So, the first one was... Let's see. Bring this so, I'll just do mine first really quick. So, the first one was, was me. Uh, I ended up getting... Leonardo. Nardo. 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 Well, well, uh, uh, somebody by the name of her. Let me see. Ah, he doesn't know. Well, I'm trying to remember who. He already forgot. Nardo thing to do. (laughs) So, Rob also got Leonardo. Rob also got Leonardo. Oh, no. I got Nardo. <laughs> what a nerd. What a hey, nerd. it says right here, uh, fiercely uh, protective of your loved ones, and I'm a natural-born leader, and always advocating for something or taking on a new challenge, and uh, that I'm inspiring to watch. So, yeah, I think I am a Nardo, Jeff. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then Vector and Jeef uh, both got Raphael. Oh, Vactor! You know what it was? Vactor chose the rap song on that list. That's what. That's what boosted him into. I no. I, don't I chose know, Bruno Mars. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's see what it had to say about Raphael. Where's that raf graphic? Where's the raf graph? There it is. The raf. I want to see it. It says you're progressive, independent, and sometimes rebellious. Well, that's a Jeff W to a T right there. Mm. Uh, different and standing out from the rest, but you teach people that it's okay to march to, I'm assuming it says beat of a different drummer. And that is, <laughs> that's Jeff <laughs> all the way, baby. And then Jorphy got, uh, he was the one that didn't have to share a turtle with everybody else. Uh, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boot him. Boot him. Did he manipulate the survey the algorithm yeah <laughs> how many times did you take the test come on i Let's took see. it on a total of one time <laughs> <laughs> no wrong 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 he I got venus de milo <laughs> where's this graphic mark i want to see it <laughs> hold on i gotta i gotta open it hold on oh wow uh, Mark's going to pull some joke it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be something it's gonna be way out of left field isn't it? Bam, bam it's going to be one of the turtles Nardo. from the Ninja Turtles Power Rangers crossover. Hey, man, I really like the the TMNT Power Rangers crossover. The second oh, one. You know what? Thing. That's a good point, Dorfy. I was going to bring up 
it's interesting that the turtles have lasted for 30 plus years and almost 40 in this at this point you know they've been they're kind of like batman they're flexible they can change with the times power rangers the same way it's something that we grew up with in our youth and here we are trying to pass it down to the next generation and it still is relevant uh today so i think a lot of these franchises is interesting when they're able to uh transition and still be relevant and interesting for the next generation all right oh, he got mikey like you got mike mikey <laughs> yeah. that and the puke stuff is my only criticism says comic binge well i don't think puking was part of the uh quiz <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Pete. Let's see. Seth Rogen and Ice Cube matched and agreed with the results for the same reason. Oh, that's not the... That doesn't have the characteristics. Yeah, well, I can doesn't. tell. Well, I know for a fact that Drophy is a party dude. And so I can right. say confidently that, of course, he's Mikey. <laughs> obviously. it's uh, It says, Michelangelo, you got Michelangelo. You're witty, creative, and very social. Like Michelangelo, you like to have good time and have a unique ability to lighten the mood in any situation. Sometimes people might misinterpret your playfulness uh, as a lack of care or interest, but deep down you take things very seriously and are always there when it's time to show up. That's Jorty. Perfect. Mikey. Mikey. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it, everybody, for this episode, this crossover episode of the Sandbox Gamers Factorverse Animation Fascination Podcast and Rant to the future you can find all of us anywhere and everywhere you get your podcast all you got to do is a little searchy search i'm sure it'll be in the show notes of wherever you're watching this on the sandbox gamers youtube factorverse animation uh rant to the future if it has one i don't really know but thank you thank you so much for joining us i want to thank mark factor the beef himself jorphy and the always angry the always dtf Jeff W for being here. I've been your co-host, Wonder Robin. I'm going to leave you with this. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. GG, everybody. GG. GG.